Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Ooh, welcome back to the 3 Take presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 351. I'll be your host, Scott Corn. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. That is me. I'm Nate. I like your shirt today. What do we got? Is this, was this a does Hawaii it, purchase? or Does it look like I'm going to a fish fry? I could see it. I could see it. If I mean, you had cargo shorts out. and New Balances on with with like the the mid ank socks, I would think that you are just fully mowing your backyard, steaks on the grill, grass stains on the white New Balances. Yeah, it's it's time. I'm not. I think it's time. I asked that because I wasn't intentionally going for that. I was just asking more if it was a result of my apparel choice today. Was this a purchase in Hawaii or pre-Hawaii purchase? Uh, this was post-Hawaii, actually. Not in Hawaii. You got back no. from Hawaii and you were like, I think I need to add this to the wardrobe now. Well, Meredith got it for me. It, was, All right. it wasn't even my choosing, but I'm a big floral pattern guy. Like if if you Do see you? me outside of like the Red Sox T-shirt yeah. game, yeah, like going to work or whatever, big into the floral patterns. All right, I'm not gonna pat myself on the back, but like I can I can rock them pretty well. Like this is, is that a turtle? Where... No, there's no turtles on there. What's the turtles little turtles on here? It's a little blue circle of one. Yeah, that one. These things. Yeah. Looks like a little bluebell flower. I don't know. I'm not a real flower expert. I'm gonna need you to put up the like if you can redo, redecorate one of like your your bathrooms in there and put the same pattern on the wall. I'm gonna need you to like stand back against it. With this pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Same one. I can do that. I need I, you to you go to what? Home Depot with the shirt on and be like, I <laughs> no. need a <laughs> I need a twenty. I need this wallpaper. <laughs> I need this wallpaper. <laughs> Uh, this is day two of Kyle in a, a button up short sleeve. This might be the move, at least for a little bit. You know, summer or the uh, mm-hmm. the summer's on its way. It's it's getting a little warm around here. That might be the move a little bit. A little little more professional, Kyle, on the pod. Man, I'm wearing a quarter zip with no shirt underneath. So, and it the looks exact good. opposite. It Thanks. looks good. Thanks. I might just you know what 
with the whole floral thing, I might just roll out the lineup of floral shirts shirts that I got over How the many? next couple of weeks. I got a good number, man. You and I'm sure I'll wow. be adding to the collection. We'll we'll, we'll see. I'll, we'll uh we'll I'll roll them out over the next next few episodes. Which speaking of which, if you want to see them, because I know you do. Yeah, get on YouTube. Get Come on YouTube. Not gonna ask again. Well, I'm definitely gonna ask again, but at least not today. Might bring it up again. Get on the YouTube. Hit the smash the subscribe button. Yeah. And again, just a little another plug here because I think last time I mentioned this, it was at the end of an episode. But if you're interested in any of the gear or anything we use, I've now started to add those links to uh, our show descriptions, our YouTube. It's in the description on the YouTube videos. Uh, so if you're a nerd or if you're maybe thinking about starting a podcast yourself, because I've had plenty, plenty of people over the years ask me about like, hey, I'm starting uh, to get into the whole baseball media thing. want to start a podcast. Do you have any advice? All the stuff we use is right there. I'll be more than glad to chat with you about it. But if mm-hmm. you if you just want to get right to it, all of our uh, all of our product links are in the description. I have no advice. Hey. If you ask me, I have no advice. Well, if if you Find just you need Kyle, to learn, that's what you need to if, do. <laughs> if, if you need, well, I appreciate that. If you need to, <laughs> if you want to learn how to be a, a charismatic guy that just brings the juice with the occasional old man take, <laughs> reach out to Nate because that is your guy. This, you got you got. There's Kyle's and there's Nate's of the world. That's that's it. You got to. I don't think there's any in between. There's you no got to figure out which one you are and go find the other one. And there's your podcast done. That's the secret recipe. Yeah. You're welcome. I didn't think we'd be sharing <laughs> that secret today, but here we are. Um, let's, before we get, before we get into what we got to talk about today, let's run through a voicemail. I will admit I, I meant to get this on last episodes. I don't think it's dated, uh, or outdated, I should say. Um, but this was given to us prior to last episode, but I think it's still, still good to play. So let's get into that real quick. Hey fellas, AJ Torres, Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, to start off guys, I just wanted to thank, uh, you two, as well as everybody involved with the show, because I shot my shot, and I'm now writing sports articles for Simple Mind Sports. It's a Boston media outlet. As a Yankee fan, I'm biting my teeth a little bit, but I do what I do, so I just want to say thank you, guys. So uh, I do got a Yankee point and a Red Sox point. Uh, my Yankee point, and Nate, this is going to be year four of – Possibly nine, depending on Garrett Cole, because there's an opt-out after this year. But for everybody in the Yankee universe who basically kind of wrote off Cole as, eh, sticky stuff, he's no good, blah, blah, blah. Well, I can't believe it really took a complete game this year for everybody to put respect on the name. Because that guy has been a leader. He's a clubhouse guy. I know he's a little bit weird. And I know he doesn't speak well, but you know what? The guy's a Yankee, and he's here for a reason. You want to talk to me about how bad he is if we're in, like, year seven, year eight? That's fine. But right now, he's been available, he's been dominant, and that's all you can ask for. Particularly those guys that have been flipping out over, oh, I don't want to trash the Met fans too much. I've done that as it is. But if you look at the Grom and now Verlander, well, Mets fans, you're crying in your beer. Shocking. 
Uh, my Red Sox take. So as I'm doing journalism for Boston now, I know it's weird doing it right now, but uh, Kyle, if you take if you take Trevor's story, do you like him as a shortstop or a second baseman when he comes back? Because free agency and the prospects available, yeah, not looking too great. And this lineup, day in and day out, is too lefty favored. I mean, after Verdugo and Rossi is kind of a little bit cold, I mean, who else in there can you depend on? Hopefully after this year, Bloom's fired. Let me know what you think. And everybody, stay good. Best of luck to your teams and uh, Metzok. Later. <laughs> uh, the guy. AJ's the man. I wish he would just leave a voicemail every week. How about that, though? We're talking about, like, kind of doing your own thing, kind of yeah. shooting a shot, and sure enough, literally right out of the gate. That's dope. So Honestly, congrats, yeah, congrats, congrats on that. Like, it's – I think I think people, you know, it's it's hard to rock the boat and, and do something that's a little out of your comfort zone. So, like, props to him for pulling that trigger. And if we were any type of inspiration for that, then that's awesome. Um, do you want to start? you want me to start? Yeah, I'll just I'll just touch on both things real quick. His thing on Garrett Cole, yes. Garrett Cole like guy gets ragged on. I think from my point of view, jokes aside, I think from my point of view and I've mentioned this before, I think a lot of the hate comes with the amount of hype that he gets, not to say that it doesn't translate to numbers, but every year, year in and year out is the preseason favorite to win the Cy Young and it just never for whatever reason it just never pans out, and I think people get fed up with seeing his name thrown around in that conversation year in and year out, and it just never amounting to anything. I think he's he's off to a fantastic start. I think one of the points AJ made was an incredible point. I think it gets overlooked, but availability for Garrett Cole, for a guy to, regardless what he does, and for Garrett Cole's case, has been it, it's been good. But if you just show up in today's day and age, showing up is like more the, the whole cliche is like half the battle. It, I feel like today in society, showing up now is more than half the battle. And the fact that he he gives you that reliability, gives you that consistency. Like you said, you can't ask for anything more than that uh, regarding the Red Sox real quick. Uh, who he said, who can you really count on in that lineup? Nobody. Ver, Alex Verdugo is having a great start to the year. We've already seen some of these things that Red Sox fans, the the Red Sox world, were hoping would would pan out. We've already seen, and I said it before the the season even started. I've been saying it since March that there's just too much that's that that would have to go right for the Red Sox, and we've already seen certain things fall by the wayside. We've seen certain players underperforming who we needed to have great starts to the year. And and again, I know it's early, but. It's it is what it is, and I'm I'm not surprised in the least as to how things have started. But those are my two takes. Um, I, I got to be honest, I I have no problem with the Red Sox lineup. I mean, I understand the holes, right? There's holes for sure, but like, I mean, they're they're ninth in OPS so far. Eleventh in batting average, right? But it, it's more of fifth it's in more home of, runs. 
we just got done talking about it though, like the consistency. Like, sure, is is Jaron Duran gonna maintain what he's been doing? Time will tell. Right. But that's not a guy that you went into the season expecting to be in that yeah. position. No, I get it. I think it's just the issue is like everyone knows pitching. That's pitching is the issue oh, we'll for get the Red it. Sox. We'll get into that. But overall, I think you know, I, I think I would, I think you would agree. Red Sox fans are pretty happy with with this start. I think this is pretty, pretty much more than what you were expecting. Happy is a, a strong word, but you're not thrilled, but you are pleasantly surprised. How's that? Uh, I'd even take it a, a notch lower than that. I'd say it could be worse. All right, <laughs> that's fair. That's where I'll, uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and what you were saying about uh about Garrett Cole, uh, I think it it yeah like the the leadership probably isn't talked about enough. I I don't think he's one of those guys that is necessarily vocal. He's more vocal than like a DJ LeMahieu, but he's just that's not kind of his thing you know it's just i have a really good talent and you know hopefully you just follow my lead but i'm gonna i'm gonna lead by performance and by example um and you know like the best ability is availability he's always showing up he's always doing his thing um but we've seen we've seen this before we've seen the yankees you know they were world beaters last year Right, they got off to like a Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Ray start, and you know, kind of hit a second half thing. So it's like, you know, I'm just waiting to see if Garrett Cole can put it together for the whole season. But I do agree. I think he's he's doing what he's getting paid to do, especially when you look at other guys on the roster that you know get big paychecks and and are missing a lot of time. So yeah, props to that for sure. But uh, I agree, Mets suck. And last thing, I realized I didn't mention the thing about Trevor Story. I think, and I'll keep it real quick. I think the way Trevor Story's career has played out, his uh, injury aside, of course, but in terms of positional preference, he's got to be done at short, right? That's what I'm saying. I think it played out at the right time. Like I know there was a lot of uproar about moving him from short to second. Well, he's a shortstop. Well, again, if you look at the data, if you look at the arm strength, it's just not there. So I think in terms of timing, it played out as well as, as it's going to uh, be. And if, if he does make a return, I think it has to be as a shortstop as much as, uh, like, despite getting done saying what I just said, we just don't have anybody that can that can play short who's an actual shortstop, mm-hmm. not somebody, not some super utility guy that we're sticking in there for the, the time being. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think it played out as well as it could have. Um in terms of playing out as well as it could have, do we think the Brian Reynolds contract situation, uh, like what what are our thoughts there? Because I, for one, did not see this coming. Despite the despite the start that they've had, I do not understand both sides of it. Honestly, like I I, I understand from too. Brian from Brian Reynolds' point of view. I understand that you kind of have to play hardball a little bit. You kind of have to express your frustration with this or with that, with the team, with your, um, with the way that you feel like you're being appreciated or underappreciated by the team based on your contract situation or, or what's been offered. I understand that that's just part of the negotiation. 
but he really, really did not seem like he was interested in playing here. And I from agree. the from the pirate from the pirate side of things, and I tweeted about it. I I'm still baffled by this. They wanted a Soto like haul for this, and I feel again I feel like I'm a broken record. That's what you were asking for, and you're paying him a hundred and six million dollars over eight years. Yeah, that math doesn't add up. Yeah. So I'm to be. Completely honest with you, I'm lost on both sides of the coin. I, I don't get it. The Pirates had all the control from the beginning, right? Because he still had at least two years of control, maybe three. So the thing is, is that like, yeah, is he Juan Soto talent? No. Has, is he even the top five center fielder? Probably not. But when you talk about Three years left to control. Switch hitting center fielder like that, that is productive. That probably will get an uptick in production in a better lineup. I understand asking for, for a lot and just setting that high. I don't know if the pirate success was a reason why he wanted to stick around, but... Like, well, that was not? something I wanted to ask, get your thoughts on. Yeah, you're off to a storybook start if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. You bring McCutcheon back. We mentioned it last last episode. You've got Drew Maggi, who made his uh, who got his first big league at bat last night. There's no way that both teams or or both both parties I should say especially Brian Reynolds could be that short-sighted right like there there's no way that that's what it took for him to go you know what I I and you and I have both been big supporters of the Pirates and the small incremental improvements that they've made yeah. we've talked about it plenty but there's no way that given the the current state of the team with where they're at you can't tell me that this start is what led Brian Reynolds to commit to the next eight years, right? Like that's that seems extremely short-sighted. I think it does too. The other thing that I'm I'm pretty curious about is that I saw it was a there was a six-team no-trade clause. So it's only six yeah. teams on that list. Do you know those teams? I don't. I didn't even know. I saw that there that it included some no trade protection, but I did not see the specifics of it being a six team yeah. scenario. That's it was in it was in a tweet that was a breakdown of like the year by year salary and how obviously there's an uptick towards the end of the contract. Um but yeah, there was a six team no trade clause. And that's I think that's the other thing to possibly look at as well, is the fact that it's like it's kind of a it's a pretty tradable contract. Um, so my mind immediately went to that when I saw the, tr- when I saw the, the text notification, I, I could hear your voice in my head going, you know, that's a pretty tradable contract because yeah. I'm like eight years, one Oh six. That's, yeah. that's, that's definitely workable. Yeah. And if he's an all-star over the next two years and pirates efforts fall short, you know, you never know. But I'm looking at their contracts now, and outside of the vets, every everyone's pretty much locked down. 
I think the O'Neill Cruz pre-arb extension is coming. The injury didn't help. Yeah, certainly. But I not. think that is coming, right? I mean, it's, but in a it, way, you could think of that as something that could help the Pirates at least, offering him that security, being like, "Hey, you haven't been up here very long, right. and you've already seen the effects of what this game can do to your body. Would you like to commit to this vision long term?" Yeah, so I, I think similar to the, dollars. I think similar to the Cabrian Hayes. I mean, the the eight year seventy. And Cabrian Hayes is 26. O'Neill Cruz is 24. I would do six years. I would offer a six-year 75 or something like that. Six years 80, maybe. And then you can tell O'Neill Cruz, hey, at that point, you're hitting the market again at 30. We're probably not going to be able to afford you then anyway. You know what I mean? So that's a that's a budget deal too. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. That's a good spot for O'Neill. You said six years, kind of. That'd be a good good jumping off spot for him because I mean, you look at what Xander Bogarts just brought in. Not to say that their careers are going to follow the same trajectory, or his that O'Neill Cruz's career isn't going to follow the same trajectory. It could. You, you don't know. Yeah. But I mean, we just saw what Xander Bogarts was able to do at thirty thirty one. So not a bad not a bad uh, situation to be in. If you're the Pirates or O'Neill Cruz, if that's the route you to, if uh, the route you choose to take, but yeah, this Brian Reynolds thing. Uh, look, I'm I'm happy for the Pirates, the richest deal in in franchise history, which still kind of blows my mind a little bit. But you know, like the for the longest time, it's just been like sign your people, stop being a farm system for the rest right. of baseball, sign your stars, right? And they're it, it something's clicking, I guess. Like it's it's amazing what a little bit of winning can do it's amazing what a little bit of fan support can do when you start seeing people trickle into the stadium a little bit more mm-hmm. than they had been in years past and you go there's something to this because i think if you're the pirates or a team like the pirates you almost get stuck in this rut year yeah. after year of just being the laughing stock of baseball and you're kind of just like well this is our reality and you kind of forget those glory days. And for yeah. the Pirates, it was like the early 2010s as recently as then. I mean, sure, we're not talking like Pirates of old in that in that situation, but where you could recall some some recent success. And I think you, you kind of lose sight of that. I think it's only human to do that if you, you just keep doing the same things over and over. But that I think they've been able to look at what this organization has been able to do in the first month or two of this season and they go, how can we, how can we get more of that? And I wish more teams like the pirates, those, those lower market teams that don't spend as much money. I wish they would, they would take that approach. They'd be like, yeah, how we've gotten a taste of that. How can we get more of it? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think like, look, when you look at the reality is there's probably only maybe two other guys that no. Yeah, maybe two other guys. Jack Sawinski and O'Neill Cruz. That's maybe what I'm thinking about there. So if, say they get a, a an extension, I don't think it's going to be near, well, not for Sawinski anyway. How old is Sawinski? Does it say? 24. Similar, 24. similar to O'Neill Cruz, less than a full year of, of um, um, 
experience. And you talk about like 13 year on the average or 13 mil a year on the average for Brian Reynolds, eight, eight and a half for Cabrian Hayes. I think if you do a similar contract for O'Neill Cruz, maybe somewhere in between the two. So you're talking maybe nine to 10 mil. So you're talking about potentially four guys that are going to cost you 40, 45 mil a year in payroll. Four guys that can be your cornerstones and they can stick around for a while. Because the two that we know of right now are, are Reynolds and, and Hayes. And you said Hayes is what, eight? Eight for year? 70. And that's eight, eight and change, 8.7 a year. And then the so rest of the names, at- you're like, you're just, you're going to let go. You know what I'm saying? Like David Bednar, he's still in pre arbitration. He's 28. By the time arbitration's done, you know, he's, he's done. You're, you're not hanging on to him. Same thing for Mitch Keller, 27. He's got three years of, of experience. So, you know, you're not hanging on to him either. Um, Vince Velasquez, same story. So like you have a lot of these veterans that are on short-term deals and then you have your veterans that are older. Connor Joe, off to a great start. Similar though, only a year and change of experience and he's already 30. So it's like you have these guys that you don't need to spend money on and you could just kind of fill your gaps with these veterans that are oddly still under control and they're finally reaching their potential. Um, you really don't have to mess around too much. Rodolfo Castro is a possibility. He's 23. Um, I'm going to, I'm totally going to butcher this first name, but um, Jiwan Bay. Yeah. Jiwan. Am I saying that, uh, pronouncing that correctly? I think so. He's 23. So like you, you have a couple names, but they're not going to get these big extensions. You know what I mean? So you have, realistically, you have a solid six or seven reliable guys that you can build hype around. You can start selling jerseys for that are really going to cost you less than sixty mil in, in in yearly contracts, which is pretty solid. And the rest of your guys fill in the fill in the gaps, right? And just one year deals like Rich Hill, like Carlos Santana, McCutcheon, Hedges. G-Man Choi when he's healthy. Vince Velasquez. You've got guys that are performing for you that are real cheap. Pirates are on the right track. I don't think people understand that. Like they're, they're, It's slowly coming together. This was a big step for Brian Reynolds. Big step for the Pirates. Uh, quick note here before we move on to talking uh, White Sox. Just wanted to... Again, show some love to Drew Maggi. Made it, got his first big league AB last night. I think I saw the, they struck out, but the pitch clock violation, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you about, dude. <laughs> it, if we may, if it if it pleases the crown, <laughs> I just want to make a note here about the the pitch clock, and we'll keep it brief and we'll move on. But uh, I'm I'm at a loss for words because I I. I understand that like rules are rules and also it's not even it was after the first pitch of the at bat like he's already down 0-1 so like yeah, I'm kind of weird out by that but I don't know so I, I can't exactly be like just wave the pitch clock for every major league debut 
at no, bat. No, I agree. But, but here's the thing. This is on the umpires. Uh, this isn't Major League Baseball. This is on the umpires. I read an article or a tweet or something that was saying umpires know these scenarios. We saw Cody Bellinger a couple weeks ago get that violation. It's under the, the discretion of the home plate umpire or the crew chief. Read the room. Read the room. This is a cool moment for baseball, and you're robbing it. Typical. You do that throughout the game every week. Every day. Give this a second to breathe. Let it play out a little bit. It's not that hard. Just pay attention. Have some awareness. Someone's passing you a note letting you know this could happen. Then you find out before the game. Just remember. Sorry, it took an extra 90 seconds to get an applause. 0% chance that a guy like Drew Maggi is thinking about a pitch clock in the box no. for his first big league AB. Zero no. chance. You guys barely holding on to the bat at this point. No <laughs> chance he's thinking of a pitch clock, but it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to get upset about it. Back I'm to not going to cry about it. Pirates talk. I'm not going to cry about it. I did enough of that in the car on the way home. There you go. Michael Scott. Uh, White Sox. What is going on in the south side? Move. Being the big big cub honk that you are, this recent uh, revelation, uh, how, how how do you feel about this? How does this how does this affect uh your your cub fanhood the way you view the White Sox especially their future how, how, what are your thoughts on this Just move just get out you're done You're not going to Stadium move. sucks your fans Okay where well, are you where are the we, fans I I Have don't want to over White Sox fans Yes I don't want to overreact here but can we stop pretending like the White Sox are some monstrosity of a team? Like, yes, they're off to a very bad start. They've had their ups and their downs. But, like, there are teams that are far more deserving of the scrutiny on a year-to-year basis than what the White Sox are getting right now. I do think it's a little hot take-ish to be, like, going in on the on the White Sox as hard as some outlets are right now. Because you look at that roster, and it's like they've got dudes. And you know that if they're clicking, even if like 75% of that lineup's clicking, like you're in a much better place than you are right now. How long are we going to say this? How long? As long as the division's what it is. Like that, it's it's just the reality of it. Like we we have the ability to continue to give them the benefit of the doubt to say, well, just give them, give them a little more time to get clicking on, on all cylinders. Because the division's that bad. If the division, if the dynamic of the division or the the division changes, like if we see a realignment in the near future, then the conversation's different. But as long as the the landscape of the American League Central stays what it is, we can continue to like let this happen. I, it's that's just how it is. Currently, with that said, though, currently third to last in OPS. With that seventh said. to last in average, eighth to last in home runs, 
You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm just looking at offensive stuff right now. And it's all absolutely bottom third with some bad teams. Yeah. I, I said all that about the division to then turn around and say this. And we're not the first ones to say this, and we won't be the last ones to say this. But given how bad the American League Central is, you're not, you don't have to do much. We've seen it. All the hate that Tony La Russa got when he was at the helm and he wins the division. That goes to show you right there. You can you can be in a situation where you're they're calling for the manager to be fired. Yeah. To be essentially excommunicated from baseball yeah just because of how bad of a manager you think he is and you win the division what more needs to be said if you're the white Sox, i can understand why the fans get frustrated because it's like this is the barrier to win the central is so low just give us a couple more guys like give us a couple more dudes that we can supplement this lineup with and they're just not doing it and the guys the dudes that you do have are hurt or miss an extended time for this reason or for that. Underperforming. I can understand, again, why the frustration sets in. But at the end of the day, the division is what it is. So if this is the reality, if this is what you're moving with, or if this is what you're you're going with moving forward, you're just going to have to figure out a way to make it work. Because that's what it seems to, that, that's what seems to be the case every year in the center, whether it's the White Sox or the Guardians. I, or the twins, even I I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, they're they're currently in the middle of a yeah. seven game losing streak. They haven't scored in their last twenty four innings entering Thursday. And on Wednesday, to to wrap up the sweep, they White Sox hitters struck out ten in their final eleven at bats. Yeah, and they're they're they now seven and seventeen times in that game. They're now seven and eighteen. So if you're listening to this, you're probably going, well, "What is it, Kyle? Pick a side. Like, are are you? Do you think they're trash, or do you think they still stand a chance? Both can be true. Trash. No, both can be true. The White Sox can be trash right now, and the White Sox still could be American League Central champs by the end of the season. That's the reality of it. I don't know what else to tell you. And there's really not much more deciphering that needs to go on beyond that, if I'm being honest with you. It's it's just bad. It's just bad. I don't I don't know how else to say it. It's just bad. Weird moves, weird decisions. Goes back to the to the Kimbrel trade. Weird stuff that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You knew your lineup was an issue, and you don't re-sign Jose Abreu. Was Madrigal, Madrigal was in the Kimball yeah. trade, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just a one-for-one, one, I think. Just odd moves, man. Now Madrigal is playing up north and getting knocks. Knox that your lineup isn't giving you to go get a closer when you already had a closer. Dumb moves. There's no other way to explain it. But you have to have guys that start performing. You're right. 
Eloy Jimenez needs to stay healthy. It needs to be what he is. Same with Luis Robert. T.A.? Put your money where your mouth is, dude. You're always talking. You're always talking. Put your money where your mouth is. Show up every day. I don't get it, man. Dylan Cease is going to win a Cy Young. I don't know if it's going to be in that uniform, but he's going to win one. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Elvis Andrews is playing shortstop for them every day. I, that's all I can gotta I, say. Can I? Put he didn't even disclaim- cut it for the A's. So, like, what do we? Can Can I put a disclaimer in about Cease because I may or may not be interested in him in fantasy, and so <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and clarify and say that it won't be in that uniform, and it especially won't be this year. There you go. Just want to cl- clear the air there because there I've go. I've going off on a little tangent here. I've found that everything that we say on this podcast is used for or against conversations when it comes to trade talks in our fantasy league. And I hate that because now I can't like, I can't give you my full 100% honest take on somebody because it's like, well, if I want that guy in July, then I'm going to be sent a sound clip from episode 351 about Dylan cease. The boys keep track. I hate it. No, I love it, but I hate it. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Burn it down. Move. No. Okay. That. See. This. This is the. I probably shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say burn it down about anything in Chicago. Um. Just get out. Yikes. Just get out of the city. Gotta Yikes. go. Yeah. Nashville, Charlotte, Portland. I don't care. Just get out. So. Sell the team. We go. Start over. The White Sox go from winning the division, what, 21? Sure. To two years later, not even two full years later, to Nate. I won't even I won't even point the finger at you. Other people, I'm I'm sure, saying to relocate the team. Yeah. To burn it down. 100 percent Like that's just wild to 2021 me. 2021 was a fluke. Would you say, I mean, uh, because no. you have an honest opinion here. Who won the Chris Sale trade? I would say the Red Sox won, yeah? I'm a huge believer in if it equates to rings, they there's won. your answer. Yeah, yeah. okay. Just right, wanted to double scenario, check. I should say ring, but, you know, ring, you, rings, it's all You just have guys that just, they're not, they're not, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I think there's a lack of leadership. There's not a strong voice in that clubhouse. There's not somebody that's really just saying we need to show up and do our job every day and get better every day. You got guys that just, I don't know. It seems like they, they just coast. That's what the White Sox feel like. They just coast. Uh, speaking of coasting, the Padres are kind of just floating along. Um, Tatis, as we mentioned, as you all very well know at this point, is back. Uh, I think he's like five... He's, he's got five games under his belt now. Um, one of which featured, uh, I think it was just the other night, a little clip. We don't have to talk, talk about it too long, but a little clip of him dancing in the outfield to some, Wrigley, some yeah. fan taunting. Yeah, your 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 favorite park, Wrigley. Yeah. Your 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 hometown team. Yeah. 
Bleacher what? fans locked in. That's that's what gets me. I like when Bleacher fans are locked in. What are we? What do we think there? That just seemed. I I wasn't a big fan of that. Of uh, Tatis. Yeah. Oh man, it's. I think it's this. It's this weird thing. Like you wish you could say, "Hey, just like stay under the radar." You know, like stay under the radar. Like you you don't you don't need to antagonize anybody like you did wrong you served your time just come back and do your thing but at the same time you're like it's tatis that guy only knows how to be loud you know what i mean he only knows how to be loud that's how he plays that's who he is that's his personality i think he has to be him i think at this point go full villain mode be Deion sanders you know what i mean Make the guys on your on your team love you and everyone else hate you. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. I was listening to friend of the pod uh, Dallas Braden talk about this um, on their on their podcast uh, either yesterday or today, and he he brought up a good point that I I just don't think for and I I probably have to agree with him. I don't think Fernando Tatis is built for that for that kind of player for that kind of villain. Role. I, I I just don't see it. Because I, I, I just got done saying only but a few episodes ago where I, I genuinely thought, and I still think, I give it time, I think Fernando Tatis is going to recapture the hearts of a lot of baseball fans. But I don't think, I, I, I qualified that by saying, maybe that episode, a couple episodes prior to, that I really hoped that, like you said, out of the gate, I just hope he would have stayed under the radar a little bit, kind of like Bregman did following the scandal. You kind of come out, you take your lumps, you don't say too much, you don't say anything to raise up any alarms or raise up any flags. You just go out there, you take what's handed to you as a result of, or as a consequence of of what you did, and then you kind of grow into a little bit. But to your point, that's just not Tatis. It's not but anybody on the, on the Padres. No, but on the flip side, it's like it's just frustrating to to see him so early into his return. Yes, one week. Yeah, and a, no remorse. It'd be, it'd be different if he was playing well. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not off to the hottest start, especially after the tear he he had at, at AAA. Yeah, it, it's it's just not a great look, but. I mean, it's tough, man. You got a you got a clubhouse that's full of, I'm me. I'm unapologetically me. You know what I'm saying? Soto, Machado, Musgrove. I'm me. You don't like me? That's your problem. But I'm me. I'm gonna continue to be me. I'm gonna do me. So, it's hard, man. It's like hard to imagine Tatis being anything else. I understand the. I wish there was remorse attached to it. But maybe it is a little bit of a downplay, right? It's not like he, there wasn't like an ongoing taunting thing. I don't think it was, I, I don't know if there's any other videos of any other games that he's been been at so far. I don't know if anybody's, I'm sure there's the occasional chirping. I think this was the first time we've seen like a collective group of fans chanting about him, directed to him. I think it will continue, but maybe it is just this like, play it off kind of thing i don't know yeah i mean what's what's like the cliche when when you want 
when you want somebody to stop making a point about you or to stop giving you a hard time or making fun of this or that, what's the best thing it. to do? You yeah. embrace it. You play into it. And then yeah. it loses the effect, the intended effect. You heard it in the chance. Half of them started laughing. Yeah. I mean, so in that particular instance, maybe it makes it go away for the time being, for the remainder of the game. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. But like you just said, it's going to continue. Like, sure, this video oh, yeah. made its rounds, but like, he's still going to yeah. get it from, keep coming. from every other city that he goes to. So, I don't know. I just, I, I think that team really needs a spark. And I was really hoping for their sake that it would be Tatis right out of the gate. Clearly hasn't been the case yet. I mean, sure, he's got a home run, but like, they need some they need some juice and they they need to do it quick um which coming. serves as a perfect transition uh some notable performances uh from from late good or bad as i mentioned this is something i'm hoping to do on on our thursday episodes moving moving throughout the year uh just use our Thursday episode as a chance to kind of bring you up to speed on some some storylines or some performances that have been uh, worth noting that maybe we haven't gotten to. Uh, but like I said, let's transition to this Juan Soto situation. They need a spark. It's not coming from Tatis yet. It's certainly not coming from Juan Soto, although... He continues to to find ways to to work walks. It's not coming. The, the spark is not coming from him in a a from a power uh, point of view. He's hitting one seven or contact for that matter. He's hitting one seventy eight. He's got four home runs, nine ribbies, but he's got an OPS right now of six eighty four and OPS plus of ninety six. I got a note here. Nick Lee fifty one on Twitter put out uh, Juan Soto's. He had to make an edit. Juan Soto's last 76 games with the Washington Nationals, 30 extra base hits, 490 slug, 899 OPS. His first 76 games with the Padres, 22 extra base hits, a 388 slug, and a 770 OPS. He has not been remotely close to the guy that the Padres paid for with the King's ransom and prospects, and it's not, quote, early for that. And I kind of have to agree, because... The whole thing last year with Soto is like, well, he's been with Washington. He needs some time to settle in. It's kind of like what happened with Hayter. Like, I don't know what it is about the Padres where it's like these, some of these, maybe with the exception of Xander Bogarts, who's just tearing the cover off the ball. For some reason, guys need like a little bit of extra time to settle in with the Padres. But we're getting to the point with Juan Soto now where this is this is You're now here. his second You're year. Good. Yeah. Uh, he's been there. He, he was there last year. He's here this year to where like – Come on, dude. Like, we're going to need to figure it out. And I'm not giving up on Juan Soto yet. I tweeted out yesterday, I believe, in Juan Soto. But, like, something's got to change here. Like, this getting on base via the walk every once every four ABs isn't going to cut it. It's April 27th. That's all I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Like, he's 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 a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be fine. Just get April done with. You know what I mean? I, th- I there's probably something psychological to just flip the calendar, start a new day. Was it Monday's the first for May? So, but yeah, just you start over and don't be obsessed with the numbers. And I think that's uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. 
Like, I'm, I'm just wondering who that role is with the Padres. Has Xander been around long enough to be that guy? Say, hey, just don't. You're fine. This is you. This is how baseball goes sometimes. I don't know if anyone's having that conversation with them. I'm not stressed. I think he's fine. I, like I would be a little stressed if I'm in the Padres front office, though. Because you're right. Gave up a lot. And the production needs to happen pretty much immediately. You gave up everything to make things happen this year. I like that point you bring up, though. May 1st being a Monday. There's something something yeah. kind of relieving something fresh. about that. You know, brand new week, new- brand new calendar, like... Or brand new brand new month, like yeah. I like that. All right. I'm I'm on board with the the May starts Monday. The Juan Soto starts with May. How often do we do that with like diets? You know what I'm saying? We're just like, I'm gonna eat like trash this weekend, but starting Monday, I'm gonna pick it up. You know what I mean? Starting Monday, I'm gonna be that guy. Let me get back in the gym. I'm gonna kick it up a notch. Who's to say it's not any different as a major league baseball player? Like, yeah. Starting Monday, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it into gear. I'm gonna switch something up. I don't know if he is a superstitious kind of guy. I don't know if he's a routine based kind of guy. But flip something over and start something new, dude. They literally start Monday the first a series with the Reds. Like, let's go. Juan Soto. Up. May is your month, mm-hmm. my guy. Mm-hmm. Like this is. Let's go. Let's. I, let's I don't have the breakdowns, but I'm curious to see what he is in April. And, and I, I think we got to remind ourselves, how old is he? 27. He's like 17. Yeah, I know. Right. 26, maybe 24. Good 25. Lord. 25. Please guys, just relax, relax. Juan Soto is still going to be Juan Soto, but the fact that he hasn't even peaked yet is insane. He's 24. Oh my gosh. I'm old. Um, yeah, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. If it's in a right. Padres uniform or not, I don't know, bro. Buckle up for Juan Soto. I'm looking at these splits right now. April and March, between the months of April, March and April, he's hitting 235 career OPS of 802, which is right on par with what he's doing right now, right? The month once May once the calendar flips to May, his average jumps from two thirty five to two eighty nine, and his OPS jumps from eight oh two to eight eighty eight. It's time to lock in if you're one. So like anybody been to up. San Diego, it's still a little chilly right now. Got that cold ocean breeze. Still April, boys. Let's yeah. just relax. Let's get some warm weather. Get some heat. That guy's gonna go. It's gonna, gonna, yeah, we're we're okay. Um, I feel better now. I feel Mm -hmm. better. I believe in Juan Soto. Um, what else we got here? Some notable for performances. Uh, kind of working backwards now. Um, Mauricio Dubon, twenty game hitting streak. How about it? It's uh, do the Astros just do this every year? Just have somebody that just pops up just every single year perennial hit street candidate it's insane it's insane i love it 
20 games. So I wonder, wonder how far he can make it. Speaking of hit streaks, uh, Jordan Walker, who started the year with a hit streak of his own, got sent down. Option to AAA Memphis on Wednesday. He was 7 for 35 in his last 10 games. Started the year with a 12-game hitting streak. Was hitting 353 through April 10th. Uh, but his average dropped to 274. Oh, no. I, how Who dare cares? he? I don't... I, Come on, Did man. you hear Ali like, uh, Marmol's comments? I did, did you hear the reasoning? To get other outfielders some opportunities? No. Well, I think that was hitting said. too I, many ground balls. He literally quoted saying, he's been hitting too many ground balls. We feel like if he can go figure it out and get the ball in the air, a lot of extra base hits and home runs are coming his way. How things have changed. Who? cares why even break camp with him i think i'm slowly working my way back off the cardinals i really am no 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 i no, really no. So, am so here's because the thing they- what is going on what is all i feel like ollie marmel is is overwhelmed right now and he does uh, not know how to answer some of these questions again you saw I'm how not- he handled the tyler o'neill stuff yeah wasn't wasn't terribly on board with that, but I think another another uh, situation here of, of just underperformance over over across the board. Um, the thing with with uh, Jordan Walker though, which I can appreciate, is I don't know if it was Marmol or if it was somebody in the front office, but they said that, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of. We feel we have a superstar on our hands here, and we don't want to basically saying like we don't want to mess that up. And I'm like, I can appreciate that because as much as we got on the Mariners for for handling Kelnick the way that they did, they're looking they're looking pretty good right now for maybe giving him some more some more. Re- I mean, to be fair, Kelnick kind of he he hit his way into that situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't like a choice really had to be made. He made his choice for himself, yeah. but. With this one, maybe they're just trying to get out a little in front of it before it gets even worse because he he had he struck out twenty times. So you don't and we we talked about this with Kelnick. You don't want to take a guy who's young, who doesn't have hardly any experience at the big league level, and let him spiral so far before you make a change to where it's it he's in a situation where he's too far gone. I feel and differently if that- this was May twenty seventh. Not April twenty seventh. This is too. But, but that's what I'm saying. Soon. Maybe I agree. But playing devil's advocate here, maybe they're trying to get out in front of it a little bit. Maybe they want him to come back and be a spark again that can get to help get this team back on track. If they're not back on track by the time he comes back, I hate it. I genuinely hate it. You know what I hate. Too much salt on a pretzel. No, I'm all right with salt on a pretzel. That's not it, though. Pepsi? Yes. Why do they even still make... What are, there's a reason... Pepsi? There's a reason that they don't ask, is Coke okay? Like, that's not a thing. And there's a reason True. that's... Fact. That's, yeah, that's just how it yeah. is. And if that Pepsi upsets you... Pepsi okay? I'm sorry. Actually, no, it's not. No, <laughs> it's, I'll take it's really water. not. 
because it's better than whatever you'd be bringing me out. Uh, no, that's not that's not what I'm currently alluding to at this moment in time. You hate not saving money on seats. Uh, yes, but now's not the time for that. You know why? Because of how fed up I am with the Boston Red Sox pitching. Ooh. You want to talk about noteworthy performances? Well, this is certainly noteworthy. The Boston Red Sox have the 27th worst team ERA in baseball with a mark of 5.13. Their starter ERA ranks 29th in all of baseball. Sale is cooked. Kluber is cooked. James Paxton isn't going to be your savior. The most... I've said it before, I'll say it again, the most predictable outcome. And we can talk about, well, it's early. It's not even May yet. No, this is where we're at. If they win more games, again, I'm not jumping off of the ship here. But stop, stop trying to have me get me to have this positive outlook about this team. Yeah, sure, we can hope for the best as Red Sox fans, but stop trying to pull the wool over my eyes and and convince me that this is anything less than a lackluster product because that's all it is. If they get lucky, they find their way into a, a wild card spot somehow, that's great. But stop trying to convince me Chris Sale is back when he has one good start every dozen don't tell me that Corey Kluber stop. They did it on the broadcast. They, the, I was because it's a because the Orioles are local. I I can only watch on the Masson app, okay. And so because I'm blacked out otherwise, mm-hmm. and they did that. They did that thing that you and I both hate, where the guy is well past his his award winning accolades or or dare I say, deserving of being referred to. Yeah. They're like, yeah, the multi-Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber, makes his his return to Camden. I'm like, stop with that. Yeah, when like stop. Yankee announcers try to build up Josh Donaldson, I'm like, uh-uh, that's not the same man. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Just stop. That's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to get that out. Let's so talk random, about some good pitching here. Random Let's- rant. <laughs> well, it's no noteworthy performances, and it's definitely worth definitely worth noting. Let's talk about some good pitching. Uh, for the for the sake of time, we'll move quickly here. Sonny Gray leads all of baseball with an ERA of .62. Nate, your thoughts on that, real quick, because you you got to uh, to live through the Sonny Gray experience. What do you think it is about this particular season? Who he's with? Who he's pitching for? Do you think that there's anything that could be a, a a primary contributor to this? He's good when there's no expectations. Sorry. You could argue Joey Gallo's in that same spot. And I mean, I, like there's probably some bias there as a Yankees fan, but like when you get put in the spotlight and you get an opportunity to compete and provide at the highest level and like, the expectations are coming with it. Like pressure builds diamonds. You don't like pressure. You're not a diamond. Enjoy Minnesota. Oof. Zach Gallen. I look. I know it's early. Dude's a freak. I know it's early, and you. I said, you know what? It might be interesting for episode three fifty one. We just do like a quick little segment on possible NL Cy Young race, and you you immediately followed up with. What are we like five starts in? <laughs> but dude, 
it's not you're not going out on a limb here by saying that come September Zach Gallon and Spencer Strider could be the two goodness likely are, are going to be the two dudes that we're having this conversation with barring any freak injuries or anything or just complete downward spirals Zach Gallon and Spencer Strider Zach Gallon has now notched 28 consecutive scoreless innings and leads all of baseball with 51 strikeouts. Spencer Strider on Tuesday threw seven and a third no hit innings with 13 punch outs. Spencer Strider has also struck out at least nine batters in each of his last nine starts dating to last season. That run is the longest active streak in baseball of at least nine strikeouts and surpasses John Smoltz's franchise record of such starts set in 1997. Spencer Strider's past 15 starts, the team has a record of 13-2. and two. He has 137 strikeouts, a FIP of 1.6, ERA of 2.06, and a K percentage of 40.1. He's also got tree trunks for quads. It's insane. Yeah. So I say all that to say Zach Gallon, Spencer Strider, very early. Very early. Yeah, but, but NL like Cy that, Young, it, I don't race. Like, does that fade? You know what I'm saying? Like, do guys like that fade? I feel like they're entering Which was in my their point. prime. I get it. I understand. I think you were, I thought you were like wanting to run down the list of like 10 people or whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. These two for sure. Yeah. I like it. We were we were, we've been high on on the Diamondbacks since the beginning of the year and since spring training and uh, safe to say we've been saying it since March. Yeah, my uh, Cy Young picks looking pretty good right about now. Although Spencer Strider's giving me a run for my money here, but that's okay though. That's okay. Gonna be a okay. I saw something the other day that Spencer Strider has like already has three or four. 13 plus strikeout games. And I think, I think it was either, I think it might've been Smoltz for franchise history has five. That's, That's crazy. Insane. He's already that there. Crazy. He's already going to be there. He might do that this year. Dude's a stud for That's sure. Insane dude. Yeah. I mean, Nothing against Zach Gallon, but if Spencer Strider continues to do things that have John Smoltz names, John Smoltz's name attached to it yeah. throughout the year, yeah, you know how the media works, dude. They, they take those kinds of things and run with it, and maybe it's a little unfair to Zach Gallon, but if you just keep hearing Spencer Strider, John Smoltz, Spencer Strider, John Smoltz throughout the course of 162, you're going to go, oh, yeah. well, the guy's a Cy, the guy, Cy Young. And He's creeping up on like franchise record numbers in, in it's, the guy's a freak yeah I, by the way that's not single season no i know that was that's career what, right like, that's, that's crazy guy's a freak yeah so and mustache game is is unmatched also yeah i say all that not as a knock to strider like oh like they're just yeah. gonna take a narrative clearly very deserving the numbers yeah. are there yeah. But if the, if he can Did you see did you see Chipper's uh comments during the yeah, start the other day? He's, he's like, like I, I hit, hit like 200. 200. <laughs> this guy's a this guy's a freak. No, I don't know if I believe that, but I appreciate no. I'm, Chipper's I'm sure just modest. Strider that guy's the man. It. Um one other guy I wanted to give some love to real quick cuz I look, hand up. I don't 
even know if we've mentioned this guy's name once on this podcast this year. Can we just give a little love to James Outman real quick? I haven't talked about him yet. Whoa. Doing his like, you thing. want to talk about a freak, dude. This guy has showed up and shown out. He's hitting 301, seven bombs. I think he has like one or two grand slams already. 19 ribbies, OPS of 1.058 entering Thursday. Dodgers do this all the time, too. I always get some random prospect you've never heard of that just does this thing right away. It makes you wonder, though. Like when when going back to the off season, when when people are freaking out, ourselves included, about the the lack of progress that the lack of perceived progress that the that the Dodgers made this off season, it really makes you wonder with their analytical department, with their front office, if they look at a guy like James Outman and they're like, just wait, <laughs> just hold on, yeah. Not to say that they're expecting him to be some sort of right. clubhouse leader or savior by any stretch, because they still got some some names not lined up for sure. But it makes you wonder when you're going, well, they need a little depth here. They need they need a, a guy to plug this hole there. Mm-hmm. If they look at a guy like James Outman and go, just sit tight. Yeah. We know what we have in this guy. Yeah. And credit to James Outman, dude. He's been giving him every even... reason to believe in him. Never heard of him before this year. I don't even know where he ranked on the the prospect list, but good for him. Love it. Just want to give some love. Did I, I felt bad. It had been a number of episodes into the season. We have yet, I think, to mention his name. So wanted yeah. to show some love. Um, I think those are the the guys I wanted to run through. I'm sure I've maybe missed a couple, but um yeah, hit us up in the messages too. Like if if there's if you're a fan of a particular team and there's like a, a dude or a storyline that you don't feel like is getting enough love, definitely run that bias because I mean we're only human. We can only catch so much yeah. throughout the yeah, seriously throughout the week throughout the season. So yeah, we'll definitely love to recruit you all to to help us out in that regard. But um, before we get out of here. Uh, let's run through our weekend series real quick. I'll leave I got us something off. for you. We got before we get into that. We talked oh, about boy. this. We're bringing oh, it back, yeah. baby. We're bringing, We're it, bringing back. it back. I forgot. I let's forgot. Go. What, do you, what do you got? It's been a hot minute. I don't think we did it all last year. I don't think we've done this since probably two years. What, so the OGs will remember 2019. We are bringing back what they're not talking about. What was my transition? I would say. So that's what what I think I said something. I had like a little line where it was like, so that's what we talked about. I'm going to flip it to Nate for what they're not not talking about. about. There you go. There we go. Something like that. Maybe need to upgrade that a little bit. Brush it. Well, couple of years. Couple years. We were a bunch of chumps. I mean, we're still a couple chumps, but like we didn't know what we were. Definitely still a chump. You got to say my my transition game has it's up, great. has been upgraded. It's a plus exponentially. For sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, what they're not talking about. Um, I decided to deep in dive deep into stolen bases because we talked about how hey, like we need to get deep enough into the season to see what these numbers will be, see how big the uptake is, right? So um, a lot of this information goes to credit to uh, Dane Perry over at CBS. But uh, as of right now, this is up until I think either yesterday or the day before current numbers. 
Um, teams are currently averaging 0.68 stolen bases per game. That's the highest. If it stays through, it's going to be the highest since 1999. Uh, 78.8% success rate uh, at, at the moment. The current record is 75.7%. That was done in 2021. This is crazy. Stealing third base has a 93% success rate. The record was in 2012, 80.9%. Demolishing that. Corbin Carroll, Anthony Volpe are both on pace to break 50. Um, Either one of them would be the first rookie to do so since Billy Hamilton in 2014. First time multiple rookies, if they can both do it, would do it in the same year since 1992. And to be fair, it's only happened twice since 1900, where you have multiple rookies breaking 50 stolen bases. And then my last note I have in here is that Ronald Acuna is on pace for 84 stolen bases this year. We haven't seen anyone break 80 since Ricky Henderson in 1988 with 93. That's insane, dude. 93, come on. We are not even, we're basically a month in. Stolen bases are back. That's what they're not talking about. Kinda. That's not a, that's not a hot take at all. I I think it's clear watching the lack of success that catchers are having with throwing guys out. It's just not even, it's like not even fair at this point. It's just a free invitation to take an extra bag at the like extra two bags if you really want to if you got the right guy for it. It's insane. Pretty much. So you said we're looking at eighty eight percent. Or no 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 success said, rate. No, you said uh, you said ninety three percent success rate, but you said Acuna's ninety three percent success rate was just stealing third. Overall, right now with all of stolen bases, a seventy eight point eight percent, which would be the record. And then you said Acuna has what? On pace for 84. 84. Something to keep an eye on. Also, I think I didn't write it down, but I think it was something of 16 16 players on pace to break 50. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's pretty wild. We're going to be on 40-40 watch. Yeah. uh, A little bit more in seasons to come. Safe to say. Uh... Speaking of watching, we can series to watch. <laughs> that, was, that was a C minus. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, My note literally says we can series to watch. I said yeah. watch. Speaking of things to watch, yeah. Phillies and Astros game one. You got Aaron Nola, Nate's Please. fantasy, Nate's fantasy Please. ace. Please do something. Aaron Nola versus Framber Valdez, Apple TV. It'll be on Apple TV. Uh, game two, you got Zach Wheeler versus Christian Javier. And game three, I'm starting to notice a trend here. And it's not that I know it ahead of time. It's just coincidence. Partially because I, I try to pick like good matchups. But game three, also Sunday Night Baseball. It seems to be a trend for me. You got Bailey Falter going up against Jose Urquidy. So... Some uh, some good arms going this series. Keep that is going to be a good series. I I got uh, the Braves 
finally getting their first matchup against the Mets this year. Four game set starting on Friday. Uh, you got Max Fried going against David Peterson. Saturday, tree trunk for legs. Spencer Strider going against Tyler McGill. Sunday, Char- Charlie Morton against Jose Budo. Buto? Budo? Doesn't matter. And then uh, Bryce Elder going on Monday against Kodai Senga. I have a feeling this Budo Budo guy might get bounced. I think Verlander's coming back sometime this weekend too. Just didn't get an exact date on it. So we shall see. Maybe even Friday, honestly. That'd be cool. Either way, though, I gotta love the the division matchups. Gotta love when the division is, you know what's gonna come down to the wire. Every single one of these matchups matter, especially the four-game sets. So, yeah. Tune in. Even though 95% of our listeners are all Braves fans, apparently. They're gonna be watching anyway. They'll be watching. Uh, Closing the book here, super quick. Robbie Ray uh, out for the year. We'll have, I mean, I think there's a couple other guys that have recently been hit with something like that, but uh, Jeff Springs too was the other one. I don't think we mentioned him. Did we, we may have mentioned him, but it wasn't, I don't think we got the verdict, but yeah, Jeffrey Springs uh, for the year. There's another one. I thought maybe, no, maybe Robbie Ray was the other one. Yeah. Uh, out for the year, we'll have surgery to repair, repair the flexor tendon uh, in his pitching elbow. We'll miss the remainder of the 2023 season. Um, did you see that Wander Franco catch, by the way? I did. How would you rate it? Out of 10? Yeah. Nine three. Nine three. Very. Impressive. I have no idea who the name who the name is, but that left fielder back in like the late nineties, early two thousands that did the same thing, but did it in the corner up against the wall kind of thing, where there was no like reach with the glove hand, it was just straight bare hand. It wasn't. It wasn't some Joe Schmo. I'm pretty. I I should know this. It was. I'm pretty sure it was like a guy. Uh, it's like Kirby Puckett or something like that. They just did. It, I don't it even was, know. Hold on, I need to look this up. Oh, how do I not know this? I think he was a twin, though, wasn't he? Am I wrong there? Oh, it was Kevin Mitchell with the Giants. That's a Giants. that's yeah. a throwback. Yeah, that is a throwback name. What year was that? Uh, eighty nine. Oh wow, <sighs> throwing it back. We're old. Yeah. Anyway, I think that yeah, it's just a little bit different. I think that's the catch it gets compared to that and the David Wright one. Yeah. I think the David Wright one still beats it, though. Just there's a lot of foul foul territory, and I don't know. Yeah, like you still look at sick. the routes, the routes taken. Uh, yeah, yeah, not to mention it all, but yeah. it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, uh, Alex Cora. I know you and I got into a little bit over the last couple of days, <laughs> so and I'm not even going to spend any time on this because it doesn't warrant a, uh, talking about it, but. People were making a big deal that Alex Cora was apparently like accusing the Orioles of stealing signs, and then Brandon Brandon Hyde comes out and is like, "I'm not sure what he's getting at. I'm pretty disappointed in hearing that. I thought it was disrespectful to our hitters. I, I thought we had a great game plan. 
I thought we had major league hitters take really good at bats. Brandon Hyde, do you really think, and, and I said this to you, do you really think Alex Cora, first of all, I'm of the belief that his self-awareness is off the charts. And people will say, well, if you, that was the case, you wouldn't have cheated. Look at how he handled the situation after everything went down, after he had he got handed a suspension. Just look at that a little deeper. He's not going to come out and say, well, do you think they're stealing signs? No. He thinks Chris Sale sucks. He thinks Chris Sale is cooked, just like everybody else in Red Sox Nation, except he doesn't have a way to really voice that by coming out. He can't co just come out and say, yeah, I think Chris Sale is cooked. He's going to look at it and go, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, that we're going to have to look and figure something out. He just didn't have it tonight. And then Orioles fans are going, oh, stealing signs. Like, shut up. Come on, be better. Be better. Was it a was it a slow news day that day? Come on. Probably. He just thinks he's cooked. That's all. What are you looking up? Are you looking up a quote? I was just trying to see what the exact quote was. I never heard like the exact quote. That's all. Do you have it? You're talking about when he followed up with his? No, the first one, like the initial one. Oh, um, I said I wasn't going to give this any time, and here I am looking it up. Like, no, he, he just thinks Chris Sales is trash. Where was it? I don't know. Whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> I was just trying to stir the pot. Um, I, yeah, it, it is what it is. I don't know. It's, this I think it's, such it's a tough because like, I think everyone's so sensitive about when those, when any of those comments are made, it's almost accusatory. And I think it's like, no matter what, that's how everyone's going to take it right now. Just in the era that we're in. Sure. And especially with a guy like yeah. Cora, you double so, down on it, yeah. but it's possible that Cora thought that he just felt he was tipping pitches and he said, Again, paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of like, there's something like we need to take a look and see what we can find or something like that. Like, he's not yeah. talking about the Orioles. He's just talking about the fact that Sale was garbage that night, gave up a hit to every single hitter in the lineup and didn't record a strikeout. Tough. Like, maybe it's because he's cooked. Okay. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Uh, and the very final note here before we get out of here uh, rest in peace to Dick Grote. I know. That name may, may not mean a lot to very many people, but if you're a Pirates fan, if you're like an old-timey baseball fan or just a fan of people that served in the military and also played sports, because I know you and I are, uh, Dick Grote served, he served in the Army. He was also uh, in the NBA as well. Crazy. Uh, won a batting title, was a five-time All-Star. Uh, and then note that I always... I always bring up to people because I actually had the pleasure of meeting this guy on, on separate occasions. Cause he works with, or he worked with, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, basketball. And so when I was working with Duke athletics, um, it was brought to my attention, like, Oh yeah, Dick Grote will be coming to town. Like you should go definitely like introduce yourself. So the, the two times that he came into town, I, I went over and shook his hand and thanked him for his service and just got to hear a little bit of his story or whatever. But the note that I always bring up to people is that he won the 1960 National League MVP 
And that some of the just some of the names, not all of the names that he beat out that year: Willie Mays, Ernie Banks, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron, and Stan Musial. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. And he, I, I think I read that he was like the first player uh, to, which I should know this, but I'm pretty sure he was the dirt, the the first player uh, in Duke basketball history to have his number hung in the rafters. So multi-sport athlete, multi-sport star. Yeah. Was was in the army just in all, and he was one of the nicest guys that you could That's ever cool. meet. Like just super down to earth. Stood there and talked to me for I don't know how long. Uh but he he passed away. Uh so rest in peace to him and tough tough break for for Pirates fans and their organization especially with mm-hmm. all everything they've got going on right now. That's that's definitely some tough news, but just a a good dude and I hate to see a an organization, a city lose a, a guy like that. It's true. Luckily, luckily he played a game that I think keeps better record in and recognizes history better than any other sport. Um, and I'll die on that hill any day. So I think the pirates are going to do something cool. And I think major league baseball, um, they always do something pretty awesome, you know, all-star break or end of the year with just recognizing some of the legends that have passed. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's it, we're, when we're that age, we're going to be talking about players that we watched and, and hopefully the game just kind of continues to be that way. So, um, yeah, if, if you don't know much about them, look it up and, and, you know, familiarize yourself with, with the history of our game as much as you can. Um, that's a, that's a tough name to lose, but you know, it's, like you said, I think the Pirates are are in the the right light right now to get the recognition out there and have some type of ceremony that's gonna that's gonna hopefully memorialize him and his family in the right way. So, on that note, um, hope everybody has a great weekend. We will see you guys on Monday as usual. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? Mm. I don't think so. I can't think of anything. No. All done. That's all I got. Surprisingly. Peace out, ladies and gents. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.